1: Welcome to Bears Over Beers. I'm Jeff Kirkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined, as always, by EJ Snyder. EJ, uh, tough one this week. I don't know how much time we're going to spend on this preview because I don't think either one of us want to talk too much about it. But, Bears are going to Packer land. How are you doing? I'm alright. I'm probably going to do better
2: tonight than the Bears are on Sunday. Uh, doesn't look good like it's going to be a great game so we're going to talk about the game a little bit and then we decided to go off the rails and have a fun activity that's related uh to the game in the thinnest of possible ways but i think that's going to be a hell of a lot more fun than talking about uh chicago's prospects in this particular game
1: absolutely well as always let's start off with some beers you said you had a themed beer which i'm so excited that you have such a thing so why don't you start off I know that you love it when when I
2: theme it up with the game, and I figure the game against the Packers is going to be tough sledding. So, I grabbed a winter beer from Two Beers Brewing. I've had their stuff on the podcast before, but this is their seasonal winter ale that I saw and just had to get, figured I'd find a tie-in, and sure enough, I did. It's called tipsy toboggan nice so tough sledding against the packers we'll see how the tipsy toboggan is uh six eight by volume 62 IBUs
1: so probably just out of your range but I'll let you know what do you have bears going to Wisconsin so I'm bringing a little piece of Wisconsin to me this is new Glarus Brewing Company Everybody around the Midwest knows New Glarus, of course. They are a Wisconsin-only brewery. They do not sell outside of Wisconsin, even though they probably could. Their beer is pretty dang good. Uh, That is the best thing to come out of Wisconsin, possibly. Uh, But raspberry tart. I found it in the fridge. This probably should have been drank in the summer, uh, but it was not. And so we are going to enjoy it for Packers Week. So let's get them going. Let's Let's get them going. Yeah, I need to uh, I need to hit the beer store. I've got a few. Uh, I can probably make it to the end of the year, but some of them are high alcohol content and it's just hard to drink those and get through a podcast episode with with not slurring words towards the end when they're 11 and a half, 13.3, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I've got a
2: fair number of those because it is wintertime and, and that's when a lot of those comes out, come out, the the fall and the barley wines and then you start to get like imperial winter stouts that get up to like 11 and then you get, you know, double or trip Belgian triples or 12.8 and, you know, yeah, you, you end up with one of those and maybe it's not 12 ounces, maybe it's a 16 ounce can and then you're really in for it. Um yeah, I have a little experience in that area. Uh, we <laughs> we had a we had a fun podcast last night where one of the hosts who will remain unnamed had a hundred proof plus alcohol, and by the time we got to the end, yeah, we we had some takes.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, so bringing on a, a hot bourbons is something that we could get into as well. But if you want to buy us a beer, our Patreon is open. Uh, feel free to check us out at Patreon at Bears Over Beers. Um, and check us out on YouTube, where we post a lot of this stuff. We're posting more of Lester and I doing game reviews. We had a really fun one this week, even though it was a terrible game. Those are a lot of fun. Uh, Robert Schmitz jumps in every once in a while, throws some darts in there too. So um, check us out there. We're trying to post that, more of that stuff, and let us know what you like. And you know, if you don't like it, don't you know say too much or you know. But uh, you know, we want to hear the feedback, good and bad. So. Um, let's let's talk about this game a little bit so that we can say we did it so the bears played the cardinals who are likely to be one of the final teams in the nfc they now have the packers who are probably going to be one of the final teams in the nfc there's also the buccaneers which they have experience playing uh who are going to be one of the final teams in the nfc so they have played the nfc's best the rams in the first week of the year so the bears have really played nfc royalty this year and this is in green bay and it's always tough against aaron Rodgers. but what makes it even more tough is that they seem to be getting healthy
2: yeah the packers are bringing back some key starters jair alexander has been on the injury list most of the season he is cleared for this one he's coming back that is not good news for the Bears he's an excellent player their injury list is five players this week and three of those players are probably going to play they were just DNP did not participate in practice which means they're going to roll through one of them's Aaron Rodgers so he will definitely play they're very healthy right now and that's a dangerous thing for the NFC they're rolling at full strength and you know bringing back a key starter it's at their house I the Bears chances in this one are just small to not great
1: yeah the only thing that you can uh, there's no team is ever out of it Any anyway. you know teams have, have bad days and blah blah blah. Packers don't feel like a team that's going to have a bad day against the bears at home but you know it, it could happen but i think the one thing you got to kind of hang your hat on is that justin fields will be starting again on sunday night and that's good for us to just be able to watch the game and try to learn something about Justin Fields hopefully right hopefully Matt Nagy puts him in a position to succeed but we've seen the bears play as underdogs multiple times during the year and they don't actually act like underdogs which meaning that they're the lesser equipped team they ha- they should be trying to do things to force the issue right like they should be pushing the ball on fourth down a little bit more right not punting at the end of the first half on fourth and two, like they did against the Cardinals, right? Like they should be pulling out more trick plays or, you know, going to the bag of tricks more often. They did that once against the Cardinals. That was fun to see. Um, But, you know, they they rarely play like they're the underdog and they need to kind of punch above their weight. That's what they're going to have to do here if they're going to want to have any chance. Because, like you say, the Packers are rolling; they're getting healthier, and this is the team that has continued to just roll the Bears in the recent in recent years. I just I understand why Bears fans are are like I don't even know if I want to watch this game.
2: Yeah, it's going to be an exercise in focusing on the things you want to focus on that may be positive. Justin Fields, obviously number one, we've talked about that all season long, his development. In one way, it's great to see him play against top competition because that's what he's gonna to have to do to be the quarterback that we all want him to be. He's going to have to take on the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, no matter where they are, Packers Land or elsewhere, and be able to beat them. The Matt Stafford led Rams when they were rolling in the first half of the season. He's gonna to have to be able to go head to head with those folks and beat them. That's that's why you get a top quarterback in the NFL. So on one hand, it's good to see him play against top competition. On the other hand, it's tough. The Bears roster is not as well stocked. Their injury list is much longer than the Packers. They've been inconsistent on offense, even when they have had their starters. So they're going to need a little magic in a bottle, right? They're going to need some crazy play where the defensive back slips and Jakeem Grant gets loose or something like that to make this game anywhere close to even. Other than that, it's watching all the things that we've been talking about. Robert Quinn's having a great season. How does he perform against a very good Packers offensive line? Uh, Roquan has played really well. Does he continue to sort of make that push for Pro Bowl slash All-Pro if he can push it that far? Um how do some of the young players, does Tevin Jenkins get any snaps? He's officially healthy now. They're being pretty coy about how they're going to deploy him, which to me is very odd because I think when you invest a high pick and a tackle, you want to see if he's the guy in live action. And there's a few games left in this season. Should be able to work him in at one of the spots and see how he performs when the lights come on against other NFL players and see whether you've got anything there or whether you should be worried and, and dipping back into the free agent pool in the draft again. And the idea that they might not play him seems very odd, but look, the bears have made very many, very odd choices (laughs) this year. So it wouldn't be terribly out of character. It would be a bummer. We all want to see what's there. We want to see Tevin. Tevin says he's healthy Says he feels as good as he's felt since he's 18 years old. That this surgery really he feels like cleaned up this lingering back issue. Uh, I hope all that's true. I hope he comes out and, and plays like gangbusters, but it's gonna be tough to see if they're not gonna let him on the field. So Sunday's really about focusing on the things you want to focus on and and not really focusing on the end result. Because if you're just if a bears victory is the only thing that's gonna make you happy in this game, your your likeliness for happiness is fairly low
1: yeah i i think that there's some misaligned incentives with matt nagy calling the shots and so we've heard a little bit again the rumors and the rumors are going to continue until matt nagy finally walks out of the house hall for the last time but you know we heard a little bit of you know maybe matt nagy is relieved of duties after sunday night football um and, and and in a way I, I understand that there are some mechanical things that that helps out. Like you can start a coaching search in the last couple of weeks of the year with interviews um, that would benefit the bears to, to cut ties early. I also think it would benefit the bears to put, you know, uh, Chris uh, Tabor in, in charge of the team and say, you're going to play Tevin Jenkins, at least some snaps. We want to evaluate him. We want to get some tape for the next regime, right? Like you can kind of come in and have some sanity, uh, uh points uh, for the head coach to deploy over the last month of the year whereas Matt Nagy doesn't have that incentive anymore. Matt Nagy's coaching for his future wherever that might lead him. And so he's trying to squeeze out another win or two so that he can get out of there with a slightly better record. He's probably not going to chance it with a rookie whereas the long-term focus of the Bears was we want tape, right? And there are other decisions like that. That's the clearest one, but there are other decisions like that that you know, a a split with Matt Nagy would actually be beneficial down the stretch.
2: Yeah, I think it gives them some opportunities. I think that's a really good point that people might not think about is it's not just about the coaching search. That's the big and obvious one, but it does allow you a little bit more leeway or control to say, look, All bets are off we fired our coach uh one of the reasons the bears gave for possibly not playing tevin jenkins is that they're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs this year the nfc despite having its royalty is the lesser of the two conferences this year uh the afc has many more winning teams than the nfc and as a result that means teams like the bears with not very many wins are still not out of it they're still quote unquote in the hunt now That's not likely. I don't think any of us thinks they're going to get into the playoffs. And even if they did, we don't think they'd go very far. So for us, our mindset turns to how do we turn the page and get what we need for next year? Like you said, Matt Nagy's not there yet. If Matt Nagy is relieved of duties, the Bears are there officially. The coach is out the door. The playoffs are out of the picture. And you can really do the things that you need to do, like play Tevin Jenkins and get some tape and set yourself up for the best possible decisions for whoever comes in. If you don't do that, you set yourself at a disadvantage because you say, well, we think Tevin Jenkins is pretty good, but he never had any live action last year, so we're hoping he comes out strong in his quote-unquote second rookie season. That hasn't gone a lot really well for a lot of players that have experienced that, who have been hurt and not played in at all in their rookie year. They tend to be, as a whole... Less successful. Doesn't say anything about the individual. It just means as a whole, if you're injured and you don't play in your first year at all, your chances at being as successful as you should based on like draft position are lower. So, It does offer some advantages, some kind of hidden, and the other thing is, yeah, you don't have to pull a University of Miami and try and hire a coach while you have a coach. You can just go full-on into the coaching search uh, in sort of good faith and say, the spot's open, we're looking for the
1: next best head coach of the Chicago Bears. I mean, I don't really think we need to talk that much more about this game. I'm really excited about getting into this little game that you have set up for us today. I'm down.
2: I'm absolutely down. We talked about this beforehand uh, and JB and I both said, well, we don't really want to talk about the game for an hour because, you know, look, this is the second meeting. We know, we really know where both of these teams are. It might shift a little bit with maybe some key injuries between now and the end of the season. But these are two, what we'll call known knowns. And it's not as close as it, well, it's just not close. I was going <laughs> to say it's a
1: 12 and a half point spread, right? Oh, is it I, I mean, really? It, it's a big oh. number. That's an embarrassing number to be quite honest with you. Yeah. And like, look, they can win. The bears can absolutely ball. Totally. Bat, it's a, it's a weird shape ball. I had an offensive line coach would always say that. Look at a basketball, the things round. look at a baseball, the things round. look at a football. It's weird. Like when that ball hits the ground, you don't know which way it's going to go. It, and, and that's, I think a really good way to look at football. There are just times where just things just don't happen the way you think it is. If it did, everybody be rich and taking all the money away from Vegas, right? Like, you know, things don't necessarily happen the way that they're supposed to all the time. But it does, you know, this one feels like it's set up to be kind of an embarrassment. We'll watch it will be there because we're going to talk about it. You know, I, I have to talk about it on Monday, right? Like, that that's a thing that I committed to for the, for the whole year. But we'll watch it. If you don't want to watch it or if you start watching it and get frustrated and turn it off, like, that's fine. You know, like, you know, we'll be here for you later on. Protect yourself. You know, don't throw anything through your TV. And, you know, just if they end up playing well and pulling an upset – great if they end up showing you something interesting on tape where you know somebody has a good game or you know somebody gets some reps or you know Quinn takes down Rogers you know a couple times like there's there's silver linings that you can find in these things so it's just all about mental approach and um, otherwise like yeah you know it's more than likely not going to be fun.
2: yes that's, tr- <laughs> that's true um but like you said it's a weird shape ball you know strip sack in their own territory bears recover short field and maybe they throw one of those post-up touchdowns to jimmy graham and they get seven points that you didn't expect them to get that stuff happens maybe jakeem grant finally breaks one of those that he takes seven yards deep in the end zone <laughs> and decides today is the day and and it is it's the day so all that stuff can happen uh is it likely to no? does it mean it's not going to if you can watch and expect hey maybe that'll happen and not be terribly crushed if it doesn't then go for it if not watch the replay right once you know the outcome give give yourself a rest um it's gonna be a long season uh, already has been and it really is about what you might be able to learn out of it
1: well let's learn about your taste in cheeses and mine uh and i am curious how how much we're going to get dragged on Twitter and the website and people for, for our choices here, but why don't you lay out the game that you have before us?
2: Yeah. So, uh, I jokingly JB said, so what if we, if we don't talk about the game, what should we talk about? And I said, cheese. And it was half jest, but you know, there's some truth in every jest. And he was like cheese draft. And I was like, well, I guess we're doing this. (laughs) So, uh, we set up a cheese draft and, um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to pick some cheeses. We've got some loose rules. We have a a pool of players that we'll go through, so to speak. And, and our cheese draft is each of the two hosts are going to pick five cheeses and a flex. We've got a flex category, just like fantasy football things that are kind of close to cheese, but they're not really cheese. So uh, the only rules we have are must have a minimum of two hard cheeses and two soft cheeses. So you can't end up with five hard. You can't end up with five soft. That's not going to work. So you get five cheeses total and a flex. Got to have two hard and two soft within that five. So we came up with a list of eligible cheeses. And, and as far as how <laughs> we're going to be handled on Twitter, pretty much like every other food take that you see on Twitter, oh, yeah. I don't care if it's really coffee steak, whatever. You can put any food take up there. You want pie, pie. We saw a lot of pie at Thanksgiving. Uh, good and bad. I'm sure we'll get dragged and I don't care because this is about what cheese we like uh, and how we value it. So um, uh, why don't you read the hard list? I'll read the soft list and then I'm going to let you read the flex list. All right.
1: So the hard cheeses that we've identified were american cheese and in parentheses craft singles so very specific there uh i moved them to the flex category oh okay uh um, i moved them to the flex
2: category craft singles feels like a flex to me e- and and i'm sure i'll take a lot of crap for that but i move them to the flex category
1: all right i'll, I'll move them here because it's not updated on my uh sheet here so so we have uh let's start over hard cheeses Two types of cheddar, either sharp cheddar or mild cheddar. Those are two different options. Provolone, Swiss, Gruyere, Asiago, Parmesan. I don't know what that cheese is. Cotija. Cotija. Gouda, Colby, Colby Jack, Monterey Jack, and Jarlsberg. All right, our soft cheese list.
2: Feta, Brie, Ricotta, Cream cheese, camembert, Roquefort, Borsine, Fontina, Buffalo Mozzarella, Munster, Limburger, and Oaxaca.
1: Oaxaca. 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 My bad. Mexican soft cheese. There you go. And then for the flex, we have squeeze cheese, <laughs> Cheese Whiz, uh, the 7 Eleven Nacho spread uh oh your craft singles that's where you put it all right uh queso which boy that's a that's a strong strong entry there beer cheese dip which feels very on brand for this show and then uh mars capone so so strong contenders uh since i made up the game i think you should go first oh boy okay all right, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna just irritate people right off the top because any time you have the first pick, you, you know I'm sure someone's gonna. Well, you gotta take your favorite favorite cheese, but I'm gonna take one that I just want to make sure I get, and that is the Roquefort because that's a blue cheese, Ooh. right? So I I'm I'm all about blue cheese, and and I just I think it's wonderful. We have a great blue cheese place near us, Maytag Blue Cheese, if anybody has heard of Maytag blue cheese. That is made about half an hour away from where I live. Very famous blue cheese. Grew up with it. Love it. Um, I love all types of blue cheese. Roquefort, I think, is a very fancy French blue cheese. Um, I've had it. I like it. I'm going to make that my first pick. So that's a soft cheese. One soft cheese off the board for me. Two picks for you, I assume.
2: No, I'm, we're gonna go singles. Go soon. back and back. Okay. It's just like craft like singles. There's only two of us. We're only picking five cheeses. There's lots of cheeses. Uh, I think singles. We don't. We don't need to do the snake draft for this one. Um, oh, lots of lots of good, lots of good choices. Um, I'm gonna go with a hard cheese, and I'm gonna go Asiago. Okay. I, I love Asiago cheese. Uh, again, not my favorite necessarily, but again, one I want to get. I that That's a cheese that I like a bunch of different ways. My, one of my favorite ways is baked on top of bagels. Asiago cheese bagels, one of my all-time favorites. So I'm going to go Asiago.
1: Okay, so I am going to take my second soft cheese because um, I this is the one that I added to the list. So I'm going to take Oaxaca. And to me, Oaxaca makes the best uh, quesadilla. So, most of the food trucks that I go to around town, um, a lot of times I'll get quesadillas. And just because it's simple, you know, it's, it's meat and cheese and it's salsa and it's maybe sour cream, right? I mean, it's like it's deliciousness. And normally they're, they're using a, some type of, of good, melty Mexican cheese. And a lot of them are Oaxaca that they're using and so I think it makes an excellent quesadilla. I know you can use it in other ways, but that's how I most frequently consume it. And so I want to make sure that I have one of my favorite meals covered with the cheeses here. So I'm taking Oaxaca.
2: Nice. I feel like I have to get into the soft cheese market here because if I, if I don't pick a soft cheese here and you pick another one, I can't, possible, that's illegal. No, you
1: can pick one more. Oh, you five the flex. Total. I gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha.
2: No, not even the flex. Because you get five total cheeses out of the hard and soft, and you have to have two of each, and you have two soft, so you could pick a third soft. And if you did that, it would be kind of like the Bears all-time draft where I just didn't get any <laughs> cornerbacks. So I don't. I'm I'm learning from my mistakes, JB. You should be proud. Um, ooh, I think th- this is a three-way toss-up for me. There's a lot of good soft cheeses left. Uh, maybe four-way toss-up, but. I really like borsine borsine is a cheese that uh, my wife introduced me to. It was big in her family. Um, buffalo mozzarella is fantastic. And then Munster is just a really nice sort of off. Um, it's just a cheese with a very different taste and it's distinct and it goes great on a lot of sandwiches, especially if you're using a hard meat like a salami or something. Um, so three kind of totally different uses, but I'm gonna go with the buffalo mozzarella. I love that stuff. Um, Leaves me with kind of two Italian cheeses, but uh, I two very different Italian cheeses. So one hard, one soft for me.
1: Well, I'll take a hard cheese next, and I'm gonna take Swiss cheese. I like. I'll Swiss cheese a lot. That is, if it's on, you know, hey, what kind of cheese would you like with that? And it's the standard set of cheeses that I have to choose from. And Swiss is one of those. I'm always going to take Swiss. I just enjoy it. Oh. Right. And it's just, oh, uh, what, what cheese would you like with your burger? We have, you know, you know, we have cheddar and American and Swiss. Oh, Swiss? I'll take Swiss, right? That, that's kind of my thing. I'm kind of a rye bread, Swiss cheese kind of guy. So I'll take Swiss cheese as my first hard cheese.
2: Cool. I like Swiss a lot, but um, I'm a little picky about it. I like good Swiss cheese, and I like it heated up because you can taste the flavor of Swiss so much more when it's hot. When you get a lot of times, when you get a cold Swiss cheese, especially if it's not great, it's pretty flavorless. Like it's white and it's hard and it's not awesome. But like a, a really good piece of Swiss cheese heated up is fan freaking tastic. All right, so I've got one hard, one soft. I'm going to dip into the flex category. Okay. I'm going to take queso. Okay. <laughs> it's like beer cheese dip is is a strong choice, and honestly, I feel like it's two sides of a coin. It's the same sort of a thing prepared differently. Um, but, man, a really good queso, it's just hard to beat. You can dip just about anything in a good queso, and it tastes amazing.
1: I mean, queso is an excellent choice, and obviously there are certain cheeses that go into a good queso, and we could probably talk about that, but queso in and of itself is an amazing choice. Um, probably will win you any sort of uh, uh, ranking or voting if we were to put this up on Twitter. But I'll take my other hard cheese here, and honestly, I think – I mean, I like a lot of these. Gouda is is a <laughs> – a good one huh, 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 okay um, I, I do I do enjoy Gouda quite a bit I like Gruyere um, Provolone is you know solid even though it's kind of it's not the most exciting cheese uh, but I, I'll take versatile and for me like something that I could eat you know regularly and that's a sharp cheddar cheese I, I just it, as much as much as that as I've had in my life <laughs> which is a lot um, it's still something that I enjoy and I see it and I'm like, ooh. I'll take that. A um, lot of fun varieties out there and, you know, aging and all that kind of stuff. So for me, sharp cheddar cheese, I'll take it off the board.
2: Yeah, and that's the correct choice. Like sharp cheddar is <laughs> is a great versatile cheese and there's so many good ones. Um, fun fact, one of the things that I always do for Christmas, one of those foods that makes it very Christmas for me is an extra sharp cheddar. I'll go and get a, a very small stick typically of like – an extra sharp cheddar. Tilmuk makes some excellent ones, some special reserves. Um, And I'll pair it with, you know, maybe a little bit of apple or just on a cheese board with, you know, other stuff that I like, but a a really nice um, suit that, you know, extra sharp has very little uh, moisture in it at all. tends to be really hard, almost crumbly, but it has that great Tang so sharp cheddar. That's why we had to distinguish because sharp cheddar and mild cheddar not the same thing.
1: No, absolutely so. not.
2: Great choice. All right, so I've got uh, one from each category, uh, and I need another soft, another hard, and then a balance. So I'm gonna go back to the soft cheese list and pick up one. Uh, And I'm going to go with Munster this time because I I like Munster. Munster was a cheese that I got introduced to as a pretty young kid. We had uh, family friends who were German, um, had immigrated from Germany as as kids themselves, and they put Munster on a lot of things. and paired it with some really interesting things. And uh, that was my introduction and it will always remind me of like hanging out in their, you know, sort of country farmhouse kitchen eating really yummy stuff. So I'll take Munster.
1: Munster's solid man. If you you give me a block of Munster and some crackers and you're like, man, that's that's all I got. And be like, well, that's all you need. Right? Like that's great. All right. So my last pick now, this is also one that I added to the list because this opens up so many possibilities. So I'm out of the flex category. I'm taking the last one I listed, and that's Mars Capone. So Mars Capone opens up desserts. It's cheesecake. It's tiramisu. It's all of these wonderful desserts that use Mars Capone as a way to make it rich and I, wonderful. And I just, I love it so, so much that I have to make sure that I claim Mars Capone as one of my top five here. Do you want the best news of the day? Yeah, sure.
2: You have one more cheese.
1: What? No, I've got five. It's five five and a flex and a flex all right and well, not or that's my flex okay yeah, all, right, all, right, flex. all right, that's so why you, i didn't understand the rules earlier okay so no good, good. you have, I do have, you have another cheese that is
2: possibly the best news that you've heard all day <laughs> uh all right so i've got two soft i need to get one more hard i've already got a flex uh let's see what's still on the list we've got mild cheddar provolone gruyere parmesan cotija gouda Colby, Colby Jack, Strong Candidate, Monterey Jack, Jarlsberg. I'm going to go with Colby Jack. Okay. I like the mix. Uh, It's a little, it's a softer hard cheese, but I like the mix of flavors. Um, And it goes really well on stuff you melt it on, whether that's shred it and melt it, or whether that's cut it in slices and do like a grilled cheese with it. Um, I like the balance of flavors. So I'm going to go with a Colby Jack. So,
1: my last one then, huh? Yep, your last cheese. All right. Um I I think that the the last cheese for me is gruyere. I think that it can oh, be Oh yeah. I think it could be pretty versatile. I think you can use it in some dishes and I think it's really just nice to just slice and eat. So, um it's it's not something that maybe you see on every cheese plate, but it probably should be.
2: I would have a hard time disagreeing. There's a uh my introduction to Gruyere was uh, like a uh, toasted croissant, so a crispy croissant with a very thin sliced ham and melted Gruyere. And that is like, if you've ever had one of those made by somebody that knows how to make a really good croissant for the starter and has a decent Gruyere, oh man, like that is a that's a great sandwich it's like oh you had a toasted ham and cheese it's like no 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 (laughs) i had the best sure but (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's selling it short all right so i can go hard or soft here um oh Borsine's still sitting there feta which is amazing you know that gives me my euros Mm, um
1: that's interesting
2: camembert
1: is also an
2: excellent cheese feel like i've got my base cheeses down this is oh uh, i think it's going to come down between because i can't really do i could do ricotta but i already have the buffalo mozzarella and i could use those in similar ways um oh man it's tough camembert with borsine though that's really where this is coming down feta's feta's great but um i'm gonna have to go Borsine. Okay. Borsin is a really solid cheese, and you can use it, again, on sandwiches or put it on cheese plate, put it on crackers, mix it with. I mean, everybody's in charcuterie boards now, and, like, that's great. But, uh, you know, Boursin just a great, great cheese. So
1: can't leave it off the list. So to recap, my cheeses are sharp cheddar, Swiss, Gruyere, Rockford, which is a blue cheese and Oaxaca, which is uh, great for quesadillas and and things of that such, and then Mars Capone, so I get the desserts. And then you have Asiago, Colby Jack, Borsine, Buffalo Mozzarella, Munster, and then your flex was queso, which, again, I think will potentially win you any voting. because that is a flex. (laughs) That is queso is the
2: ultimate flex. Oh. But well, there we go. We're going to have speed round this week. We're we're not going to, we're not going to belabor it. We're not going to have five questions of speed round, but, um, I'm going to ask JB three questions, uh, fun themed quick hitters about the Packers. Uh, and then we'll get ourselves into the beer reviews and get ourselves out of here. Uh, but here we go. Speed round Packers edition part two, which Packers player on offense would you add to the bears and we have a couple stipulations here rogers is not eligible because god willing he will not be a packer for long and he's just way too chalk and the other one is look Devonte adams is is chalk he's the, the best receiver in the nfl you can say Devonte adams if you want to but be creative which offensive player from the packers would you make a bear
1: um, I I take uh, Elton Jenkins, the offensive lineman. I mean, he's versatile, he plays everywhere, he's really good. He's gonna get paid a lot of money here in the next, you know, whatever that is when he has to get re upped. But he's a really good player. Um, you know, Bakhtiari is obviously a, a really good left tackle, but you know, he's he's older. Uh Jenkins is young, he's he's gonna be their best player probably here in the near future. Uh, if he's you know not not to that level already. So the Bears need five good offensive linemen. I I don't know what they have for next year. Is Cody Whitehair good anymore, or is he done? You know, Jason Peters, is, this is a one-time deal. We've never seen Tevin Jenkins take a snap. Larry Borum, as excited as we are, he's still a development project. Uh, we know Sam is not a thing. James Daniels is set to be a free agent, so you do not have him under contract. So right now, what does the Bears' offensive line look like? I don't know. I need five guys. That gives me an anchor. I love that answer. That
2: is my answer as well. In terms of he's a jack of all trades, he can play literally all five positions and play them really well. If we've learned anything from this Bears season, it's that the Bears need good quality offensive linemen, and El- Elgin Jenkins is is at least two of those. <laughs> yeah, like he he's he can fit anywhere and at least two spots really really well. So I I love that pick. Now. Flip the script. Which Packers player on defense would you add to the Bears? No stipulations.
1: Yeah, this one's not even really hard for me. This Jair Alexander for me. I, I again I want three corners. The Bears have one. Uh you put Jair Alexander on this team. You pair him with Jalen Johnson. That really exciting for me. So no, he's been banged up this year, but he's a really talented young player. I'll take the talented young player every single time. Yeah, I fully agree. At a position of need, too, right? Put put him with
2: Jalen Johnson, all of a sudden you've got one of the top corner duos in the entire NFL, not just the division. Um, other possibilities for me, Jair was my answer as well, would have been Darnell Savage. Love him at safety. Love to see him paired back there. And then Kenny Clark is just a crazy good you know interior defensive line kind of again very versatile guy um, with Akeem Hicks getting older showing injury may not likely be a bear for too much longer having a guy like Kenny Clark that could come in and and operate at an equal level and I don't say that lightly because Akeem Hicks is an absolute game wrecker but for those folks that watch Kenny Clark is tremendously skilled
1: yeah absolutely great player So
2: last one, and this is fun for me uh, because you have multiple reasons not to like this team. Do you dislike the Oregon
1: Ducks anymore because they share the same colors with Green Bay? So I will I will say this: my high school actually my high school colors. So the colors that I wore as a player in high school is green and gold. So, so yeah, I actually wore, unfortunately, I wore Packers colors as a football player in my life. Not cool. I didn't like that. But, you know, (laughs) that's my my alma mater. But uh, when I went to Oregon State, they are black and orange, which is really only good for Halloween. I'm not in love with the the school colors of Oregon State. um, But I do not like... (laughs) the colors of oregon so (laughs) i don't know um they also they also are much better at football than oregon state right i mean it's it's not really much of a contest generally between those two those two schools but i don't know if it it maybe that went into it um but it's also oregon is obnoxious in that they have nine thousand uniform variations because it's the home of nike i mean Phil Knight's an Oregon alum so he gives all the money to, to Eugene and that's annoying to me like that they have just like all of the kits and I know it's jealousy speaking cuz I think a lot of them are cool but I find it annoying when the team that's just up the road doesn't have any of that stuff right and you're like begging for them to to bring out like throwback beaver uh gear just so that i could get some cool stuff or change their when i went out when i was there so i would have been 2004 2005 it, it the <laughs> they had this logo that i just hated and they updated the logo recently or i'm talking about oregon state and the the new logo is fine like it's it's more stylized i don't love it but it's i like it the old school logo is great, the, the buck teeth beaver stuff. Mm-hmm. I love the old school logo, but um, Oregon just seemed to have cooler gear, and I hated it. And I don't like those colors, but I don't like black and orange that much either. So I, I don't know what to tell you. Okay, so it's a toss up. Um,
2: I'll this is this is a fun answer to a trivia question. So uh, where I went to college when I started, the colors were green and gold halfway through they decided to uh, and some people say change the colors but revert to the actual colors and come come to find out that the story was that they had a football coach in the 60s who was sick of losing and so he just ordered flat out ordered new gear for the football team in green and gold because the packers were the shit Right? Because Vince Lombardi was kicking ass and he was like, we're going to import a winning way so we're just going to get green and yellow football stuff. And so all of a sudden the school ended up with like multiple sets of colors. They had three sets of colors. They had their athletic colors, which were green and gold when I was there. They had their academic colors, which were blue and white. And so all their like stationary and stuff was blue and white and degrees were blue and white and all that. And then they had their true school historical colors which were maroon and white (laughs) and you never saw maroon and white you always saw green and gold because on like most campuses like athletic stuff runs everything so letterman jackets and everything else green and gold and then they decided to at great expense unify the colors sweep out the the interloper colors of green and gold that had just been basically (laughs) injected by a rogue football coach and get rid of academic colors and and just unify everything under maroon and white so they uh, think about that they had to all new stationery had to repaint all the trucks you know buildings that were painted green and gold got painted maroon like it was a it was a multi-year project and, and a large expense but they finally reverted and of course a lot of alums like myself who had been quote unquote loyal to green and gold and used to seeing green and gold were like hey what are you doing and then there was a lot of education that had to happen about you know hey these have only been the colors since the 60s and they never really got officially approved it was just a football coach that said i'm sick of losing and i want to look like the packers um so i too uh played under green and yellow so there you go
1: i that is a crazy story yep. uh i you know i i have i have three. This is. I have 3 alma ma- college alma maters as as mm-hmm. you know um, the University of Northern Iowa is purple and yellow like the like the Vikings <laughs> the and 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 then I've got the the black and orange from Oregon State which is Halloween it's not great colors right uh, and then uh University of Iowa, which is black and gold, which is, you know, like Steelers. You know, when a Hawkeye goes into a and is a Steeler, it's just the most natural transition in a lot of ways, right? They just kind of play the same kind of football anyway, and then they don't have to change colors. And I know plenty of like Hawkeye and Steeler fans, which is just kind of funny because their entire closet is just that. Um I don't love any of those color combinations. I mean, I have stuff from all those schools and wear it every once in a while, but I don't love those color combinations at all. I don't really like maroon and white. I would wouldn't mind maroon and gray or something to kind of go that or like. Well, a,
2: that's that's the thing is like that's Washington State, right? So crimson and gray, right? That's there. So you see a ton of that here in Washington, right? Because you know, sure university pretty much picks up sides either you're a husky or a cougar around here it's just like oregon where you're a duck or a beaver right civil war game down there apple cup game up here so there's that but um historically in terms of the the year the university was founded it was founded previously to washington state which was a land-grant university um, and they had Marine white and i just i'm with you there's not a lot to do with it i think it's a fine set of colors but like i don't feel anything when i see it um if i you know go back for reunion or anything i'm not like hey look at that hat um <laughs> i'm gonna get that um and you know it's just one of those things where you're like you don't really pick your colors and you said your your high school colors are packer colors my high school colors were blue and white which again were pretty simple um you know, it's the the sort of Colts slash BYU look. Um, there's not a not a ton to do with it. Um, so yeah, haven't haven't ever had this super fun uh, color scheme at at a school I attended. But there you go.
1: Well, that's why everything in my closet is navy and orange anyway so there you go we get to pick our colors as those fans. are chosen colors yeah. although I don't you can argue how much I got to choose that this well life you
2: you got to choose it less but it they are fine colors i I'm currently wearing something that's yeah navy and orange so um but we should probably get out of here what did you think of your
1: uh a little bit past vintage raspberry beer <laughs> yeah i I think that this is something that you split. Um, I don't know that 12 <laughs> ounces is enough. I mean, I, I like it. I mean, it's a good, it's a good beer. You know, it's a good beer, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's like drinking a lambic. Like you shouldn't be drinking the whole bottle by yourself. You should be splitting it. Um, just kind of a, a nice dessert. I mean, I think raspberry tart is a good name for it. Cause it, it's like a dessert and I don't think that you need 12 ounces of it. I think you need six ounces of it. And I think your, your partner or your friend needs six ounces of it. So, um, but it's a good beer. What about you? I like it. Uh, Two beers, Tipsy Toboggan, their seasonal
2: winter beer, 6.8 by volume. And it's got a nice balance. It is definitely a dark beer, but not heavy on the alcohol, not heavy on the sugar. And the bitterness, so much as it is, is pretty well balanced. You don't get a real sharp tang uh, out of it like you do out of, uh, say, a higher alcohol beer Um, or a lot of winter stouts really you get to the end of them and you get that really sharp not quite hoppy but sort of almost sugary tang to it and this has a little bit of sweetness on the back end but it's almost sort of a tempered smokiness great very drinkable Um, uh, better than most of the two beers stuff i've had two beers is local in seattle Um, they make some stuff i like but probably more stuff that i'm not super wild about it's just kind of that You know how this is. You get a brewery and they they have a profile, like their brewer has Mm -hmm. a profile that kind of just runs through most of their beers. Not wild about two beers sort of profile, but this one is enough of a variant that I would not be sad if I had six of these. I bought this one as a single, but, uh, yeah, if I was taking some to a holiday party where people like beer, I would absolutely take it.
1: Awesome. Well, you know, I got to make a trip out west one of these times. We got to figure that out. Hell, yeah. So we uh, we're continuing to get through this season. Uh, we've got a few games left, obviously five games, including this Packers game. So we'll be with you for the rest of the year. Uh, so stick with us. We I think we can learn some stuff. I really do. Uh, it's been really fun, you know, to to try to pull some of these threads out during that losing streak, and um, you know the 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 ugly win against the Lions, and you know starting a new losing streak against the. <laughs> against the cardinals Um, but there's still a lot of stuff to learn and you know there's going to be a lot going on in the next you know few months here with the bears they're almost certainly going to get a new coach they're maybe going to have some changes in management so there's a lot that's going on so we're really happy that you stuck with us this this long and there's going to be a lot more interesting stuff to talk about we may just divert at some point and do a whole show about coaches Um, if we feel like maybe that that's the right thing to do for that week, um, you know, maybe we can bring somebody in and talk about GM candidates, uh, someone who tracks that a little better than we do. Um, we can maybe talk about that if that's, if we think that's the direction that the bears are going to go. Um, so we, we will have some fun shows here in the next few weeks. So stick with us, check us out on YouTube, check us out on Patreon, check us out on the website, check out the other podcasts, great stuff going on. Uh, Bill Zimmerman has some great guests coming on every week. He's got another good one coming on this week. I won't. Well, it probably already be out. He's got Bigs uh, uh, this week, so awesome stuff for him to be able to talk to a beat reporter about Bears stuff. But he's always got good guests on. Um, Robert does great on the the post game, and then Lester and I kind of follow up, clean up the mess. Um, not the mess. That's the wrong way to say that to, to Robert. But you know, the aftermath of of the emotion, uh, and then and then of course uh, we're back here every week so um i don't know man what else what else you got going on that's it uh we're actually uh
2: bootleg came out uh we've been we not to jinx us but we have been on a run of wednesday publishing we we've been trying to get a a legit solid day to publish every week and we struggled with it we were all over the map our fans know uh through the beginning of the year but like the last Five weeks we've hit Wednesday and it, it actually came out today. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Um so really fun episode. That was the aforementioned podcast where one of the hosts had hundred uh, hundred plus proof uh bourbon. So yeah, we had some takes by the end of that one. We had a little bit of uh, bootleg after dark action going on, if you want to call it that, and uh fun stuff, but recapping the entire NFL just it's a weird season it's a weirdly cool season in which you know so many teams are still in it so late and that's just different we've had so many cool high profile uh national primetime games so many great monday night games sunday night games thursday night games just a lot of parody ton of storylines to talk about so that's driving us on through bootleg i'm gearing up for I know it seems early, but um, you know it's coming. Gearing up for draft season. Um, just applied for credentials this week for Senior Bowl, for Shrine Bowl. Um, getting the player lists in, starting to figure out flights, all that stuff. So it's uh, it's coming. It's it's. Uh, the director of the Shrine Bowl, Eric Galco, posted today that I think it's 55 days until the Shrine Bowl starts, which <laughs> doesn't seem like very many days to me as a guy that needs to look at all those players before I head down to Vegas. Um, but yeah, lots going on. Uh, the NFL is the uh, absolutely unrivaled king of keeping the NFL news cycle an everyday thing throughout the year. So we'll have plenty to talk about on on all the
1: outlets we're involved with. Yep, twenty four seven, three sixty five. That is absolutely the case with the NFL. So, all right, thanks for uh, tuning into this one. We'll see you next week. Bear down.